Relax and listen, where Josh likes to speak about some recent gaming news and entertainment. In all honesty, COD needs to take a break from its yearly releases. At this point, with Microsoft about to steer the franchise, they need to consider it an option to let this series breathe and have developers get a chance to reinvent the wheel rather than regurgitating out the same flavor just with a slight change in taste. Modern Warfare 3 points to a corporation who has prioritized profit over quality differentiation. From the overly short campaign to all the launch maps having been remakes of old nines to the graphics not really standing out from its previous installment. Hence why many say it's DLC, and with that Bloomberg report coming out to say its development was shortened, and that the actual plan for the game was like a spin-off expansion pack, it's no wonder why portions of the game feel hollow at times in my experience. Besides the strong introduction, no other mission really stood out. Yes, even the combat missions. There's like no momentum during the missions because many of them are relegated to slow, tedious combat segments that never really changed the formula on how you complete it. If anything, it's made me want to finish them quicker because of how slow and monotonous it got. The upgraded weapons you do find scattered across these sectors are nothing more than the developers flaunting their gun animations because there's nothing else interesting going on and it's there to tell you you just bought a cloned product with all those Modern Warfare 2 weapons you found. No set pieces, no memorable dialogue, where's the music, why is it absent? Also, Graves coming back all of a sudden, but no explanation, is mind-boggling. Do I dare mention how dirty they did soap? No build-up, no resolution to getting revenge on Makarov, zero payoff on a death that is completely unjustified besides it trying to pay homage to Soap's death in the original poorly. Don't get me started on the wasted opportunities they had with Makarov. Especially no Russian being completely absent on one of the most memorable missions in Call of Duty history. And they did jack shit with it. A slap in the face for anyone looking for the payoff at the end of 2. It's like the whole story completely overlooked him as the main villain. When, at no point, does anyone really interact with him? The main quest boils down to being a big raid episode that jumps from one point to the next without us getting a sense of any build-up to how big the conflict should really be. I kind of dig the idea of using the first Warzone map as a payoff for those who watched 2019's Warzone map cutscenes, but even then, that story wasn't tailored towards Magaroth. So why bother kicking everyone in the balls and breaking parts of the map back if they don't do anything with it? Plus, how can we get invested when that map served as the battle royale mode that many put hours upon hours in? Now all of a sudden, it's a safe haven for civilians? I don't buy that. 
there isn't a single instance where I felt threatened by Makarov because he doesn't have enough screen time to do shit. Why, when we switched between the casts, didn't I feel a wow come over me like it didn't pass entries? For example, playing as Captain Price, you think there will be a purpose in controlling him and importance for the mission you're in, but no, it comes off like I'm playing another operator that adds Nothing compared to the original Modern Warfare 3 where you get to play as him at the very end to get revenge on Magrov for what he did and was worth the time building up the story for the ultimate payoff. It's on the level of infuriating and disappointment as Callisto Protocol was for me, especially that stupid fucking DLC ending they gave us. And what do you know? Sledgehammer Games did the exact same thing with this DLC update. It's mind-blowing this is where COD is at, but not at the same time because this is Activision we're talking about here, all to ruin the experience of even the most dedicated diehard fans. Okay, so the Game Awards nominees are out there, and there are some games that, of course, could have made the categories for just how stacked this year's been. Regardless, I'll share my predictions and what I foresee as the game of the year. To get this out of the way, I haven't really followed anything esports related besides the Call of Duty League and Smash Ultimate all year, so those categories I don't really count. And the content creator thing applies too, since I never heard of any of these people. For my most anticipated game is without a doubt Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Having played Remake Part 1, I was very much invested in the game from start to finish and with them changing around story elements that play out differently compared to the original. As someone who has never experienced the original, I am wondering how many surprises they have kept secret to subvert some expectations. Gameplay and music was the highlight in part 1, and it seems they're keeping that same energy here for part 2. Very much excited if I only had to choose one. Next is a bit of a doozy, the best adaptation between The Last of Us, Twisted Metal, or the Mario movie. Each and every one of these, I felt nailed certain elements from their games, whether it be the acting, music, setting, animation, references, etc. It's hard to choose one, because I enjoyed every single one, and my takeaways will surely be different than yours. Sure, they could have issues in some spots, but overall, they held my attention and accomplished what they needed to do. So my pick is the Mario movie. It felt like my whole journey with Mario was captured and the magic it brought was wonderful. And at some moments, it made me feel something deeply. For the best RPG category, I chose Final Fantasy 16 since that's really the only game I played from that list. It's really fun and such a magical journey that if they had cut down the length of some of those repetitive filler side quests, then it could have been better plus doing a bit more with the combat. However, I thoroughly enjoyed it, regardless of some design choices. The best action adventure game for me will have to be Star Wars Jedi Survivor. The sheer scale of the planets you traverse through is what I imagined exploring the galaxy would be like, each having a distinct look to them, which the design team, or whoever created the textures of the environment, did so with such detail that, at some moments during my time, I stopped and admired the scenery. The soundtrack elevated exploring the world. The engagements you have with stormtroopers or wildlife always put me on my toes 
and really allowed me to express my creativity through combat or force usage, making me feel like a Jedi. The locals you meet bring a fresh air of lore and development of Cal's character, and you really get a sense of how living in that universe is like. The ways you acquire perks, gadgets, moves, or skills is fulfilling, as it feels like the journey you're going through as Cal really invokes a sense of progression, learning new things along the way as a user of the Force. The amount of customization options you could find or earn was a pleasure, whether it's for your lightsaber, how cow or BD look, or what kind of color poncho you'd wear. Well, I, well, I'm sorry, what is the issue? Oh, well, see, you're talking about the story, gameplay, characters, but you haven't mentioned the poncho. I would only agree to be in the second game if there was a poncho. Will there be a poncho in the game? I told you we weren't going to talk about this thing. I mean, I'm not going to leave the stage until we find out whether or not there's a poncho. Well, how has Cal evolved? Since we last saw him. What's going on? Well, first thing I noticed is he's not wearing a poncho. And Cameron! Out of the three games on the best performance list, Spider-Man 2, Final Fantasy 16, or Jedi Survivor, is a toss-up between all these performers. Ben Starr rocked it as Clive Rossfield. Every single time he was on screen, you could really feel attached to what was happening because the effort he always gave felt natural and on the money and all the crazy moments even during gameplay. I can also say the same for Cameron Monaghan as Cal Kestis, connecting me closer to him than ever before. Yuri Lowenthal as Peter Parker, his voice transformation when the symbiotic suit takes over him, was so awesome. I could feel his character shift during those segments and witnessed how aggressive a Spider-Man would sound on the deep end was stellar to watch. In all honesty, I can't pick just one, because they all nailed their roles in different ways, and my emotional connection with each one is very dependent on what happens in some scenes. The best score and music is without a doubt Final Fantasy XVI. The way how the music transitions from exploration to fighting sometimes did send chills down my spine. It usually made me way too invested on fighting, each track being distinct from one another. The epicness it gave off was splendid. I could never put down my controller because I wanted to be fully immersed in the experience. Now, the game of the year is tricky since it's basically a GG because of all of these games, they are all great contenders. Even though I have yet to play Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Mario Wonder, and Tears of the Kingdom, as I'm still relatively at the beginning of the game. As to who I think will win, I don't got a clue. I mean, I don't want to say it, but I think probably Tears of the Kingdom might take it. But I do want to throw in a wild card and say it's going to be Resident Evil 4. What's mine, you say? All the games I bought this year. And here's what should be my final poem of the year, based off of the inspiration I got from Doki Doki Literature Club. And... It begins like this. Structured, no longer punctured as lumber. The streets are not clean as sheep. Our dream isn't always what it turns out to be. Sure, I can sweep wherever it speaks, but the touch is all too much. I lost and fought because I wasn't taught. 
Reasons are for a season to be even. Luck boils down to tough stuff, but to fly up high, just to dive against life, takes all my might to rinse and rise. Finally, after the break, what remaining games can we expect in December of 2023? Watch out for Blood West, for there is horror that awaits. PC the fifth, born of bread, will deliver a slice to all platforms. The fifth, Disney Dreamlight Valley leaves early access same day for all ports. Ubisoft's chance to subvert expectations for Avatar's Frontiers of Pandora for PC, X, and five the seventh, Warhammer Forty Thousand Rogue Trader, same day. As Pandora, Hammer Watch 2 for PS5, Switch the 12th, Custom Mech Wars for PC, PS5 the 14th, Nosha same day for PlayStation, Xbox, Grand Blue Fantasy vs Rising for PC, PlayStation same day, House Flipper 2 for PC same day, while the consoles come out March 21st of 2024. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen. That's probably, perhaps, my final episode of this year. Thank you for listening. If you made it this far, if you like what you heard, you know what to do. And as the Game Awards draws near, who do you think is going to be in contention for Game of the Year? Plenty of contenders for sure, but what do you think? Who do you feel is going to win them all? And like the curious cat you are, you can find me on YouTube called Just Relax. And as you can imagine, I play video games, and the one I'm currently playing through as of right now, or have recorded, is Persona 5 Royal. And I do sometimes stream on Twitch.tv/relax1, W-O-N. And the main culprit, which isn't a culprit anymore, was Devil May Cry 3. But now I finished Devil May Cry 3, so I'm gonna head for four very soon. Once I get my Twitch and streaming situation set up perfectly, so if you want to come see me lose my mind, I usually stream at around 1:30 Mountain Standard Time on Wednesdays. Of course, you can find all the information you need in the description of this episode. And with that said, 
I'll see y'all for next year in 2024, and hopefully by next month, I may have a review out for a special game I've been wanting to talk about for quite some time. If I don't get it next month, then for sure, for sure, in February. I hope you all have a lovely Christmas or Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, and I hope you enjoy it with your friends, your families, and just have a great time. And until then, remember, just relax, and I'll see you next year with more gaming news 